Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here's a sample of what you'll be hearing today. You understand what I'm saying? You might be looking at the situation that you're in, whatever it is, and you're saying, this thing is dead. It's dead. It ain't, this, this situation I'm in is at a point of death. There is nothing left in it. But it only takes a little faith. It only takes something small. But there's in small things, there's power, there's power in something small. And it may seem like even in you, like this, I'm just this little old person or whatever. But the prayer and your faith and everything that God has put in you is powerful. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Thank God. And, and, and I have other friends here this morning. I want to thank them for being here this morning, all of my friends and family that's here this morning. I wanted to show you something before I get started. It's, I had to share this with you. You know, um, and I hope this is encouraging you. This is not even anything. This is just like an appetizer. Like when you go to the restaurant and you eat the appetizer. This is what this is. But this week, my wife, you know, she's been busy. And she, um, she went in and she... Um, uh, came home one, 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 you know, one afternoon or whatever. And when she came home, she was it. I guess she was in the car listening to music or whatever. And she let, she left the, she turned the car off, but then she left it in the own position. So she got out the car and left it on and got, went in the house all night. So the next morning, you know, I got up to go to work and I left the house and I left to go, and then she called me. She said, Jay, my, my car is completely dead. I was like, what? She said, I left it in the on position again. <laughs> I said, what? She said, it, so I said, okay, I'm going to turn around and come back. So I turned around, I came back, and, you know, I'm, th- I'm thinking, okay, I'm just going to go in there and jump the car. If it's in the garage or whatever, but that car was dead. I mean, you know how sometimes when the car goes bad, the battery goes down, you can, it'll go or something. It went nothing. It was dead. And so I called my friend, my friend Daniel. I thank God for my brother Daniel. You know, he's a mechanic. Um, you know, y'all need work done. Anyway, praise God. No, don't do that. But anyway, so he, I said, man, my, my, my car's dead. And then I had, I was like, I looked on YouTube and I'm like, I let the hood up. I'm like, where's the battery? Where is the battery? <laughs> there is no battery there, nowhere. So I'm like, okay, YouTube. I found out the battery is under the seat, under the passenger seat in the car. And I'm like, how am I going to? And the seat is one of those electronic seats. So I'm like, how am I going to jump this car off? So I'm like, oh, my God. So I called Daniel, and he said, yeah, yeah, the battery's under the seat. He knew all that. He was like, there's some little things, uh, little prongs in the, under the hood that you have to connect this thing to, and you know, a jump or two, and it'll jump the car off or whatever. So he said, I'll come over there after work. So I said, okay, I appreciate it. So I went on, I left. I said, you stuck, you know, she had to take Uber or something. <laughs> I couldn't take her, I had to go. So she was like, but she had already left when I came. She had took Uber. She said, we taking Uber. So they, cause they had to be at the doctor at a certain time. So later on I come home. So now I have, I used to, I had a jumper before. I know what a jumper looks like. So, you know, they have a little boxes like this. They got some that's big, even the mechanic shop. Those things are huge. So I'm at the house, and then Daniel pulls up, and Daniel gets out the car, and Daniel comes up and has this little box. I was like, what? 
I'm looking at that. I'm looking at Daniel like, what you going to do with that, man? <laughs> This is a Mercedes. This thing, it got a big, you know, some, and it's completely dead. And look, this little box, and then it came with these two little, look, check this out, I'm trying to tell you. These, these, <laughs> honestly, y'all, it looked like a toy or something, right? I'm like, what Daniel you gonna do with that thing? Daniel plugged this thing in, plugged this into that, and then he put that thing on that thing, and then he mashed the little button, and then whoosh, that thing started right up. Started right up. And I brought it today because I wanted to encourage you this. You might just have, you might just feel like you're just a little something. And you might be in a situation where it's completely dead. You understand what I'm saying? You might be looking at the situation that you're in, whatever it is, and you're saying, this thing is dead. It's dead. It ain't, this, this situation I'm in is at a point of death. There is nothing left in it. But it only takes a little faith. It only takes something small. But there's, in small things, there's power, there's power in something small. And it may seem like even in you, like this, I'm just this little old person or whatever. But the prayer and your faith and everything that God has put in you is powerful. I mean, it didn't, it, when he put it on there, it didn't have to, he didn't have to like make it do nothing like do it a couple of times. That mug started right up, right up. And then I, you know. After that, we, he said he told me he said you can keep it and I'll get it from you Sunday or whatever. So I got I want to really keep it. I thought he was gonna be when he said I was gonna keep it. I thought he was mad. Man, I'm gonna bless you with that, Minister James. <laughs> now he said you can keep it. <laughs> this thing costs two hundred and fifty dollars. <laughs> but I praise the Lord for that. Oh, I'm sorry about that. Uh, I praise the Lord for that, that in small things, there's power in small things. You might look at your, your, you know, yourself or whatever is there. It's just something small, but there's power in small things to resurrect that dead thing in your life. That's all you need is something little, a little bit of faith. The Bible says the faith of a mustard seed can move mountains. Amen. So this morning, I, I you know, God put it in my heart. And so I want to I want to talk to you. I want us to look at scripture from the book of Matthew, chapter 16. Um, and we're going to start at verse 24. We're going to start at verse 24, Matthew, chapter 16. And I'll give you a chance to get there. And we're going to start at verse 24. And so here. This is Jesus, and he is talking to his disciples. And here's what he says. He said, then Jesus said to his disciples, if anyone, any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. He says, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must give up your own way. Take up your cross and follow me. And so I want to speak today from the subject, the process, the process with anything that we accomplish in life, anything that we're trying to do in life. There's always a process, everything. It doesn't matter what it is. You have to go through a process. You know, if you want to be if you want to get a new job, you got to go through a process. You got to put out a red. You got to put a resume together, different things you got to do. You got to go up there. You got to get on Indeed or whatever you're going to do. And then even if you get the job, you got to go there. And then they, they take you through a process, interview process. 
you know, and now, nowadays you might have to interview with like two or three people, you know, back in the day, you used to be one person and that's it. But now you got to go through a process because, you know, sometimes they have you take a test, but you got to go through a process. If you want to be in the military, there's a process. They don't just let you join the military. You don't just go and say, I want to sign up. And then, then you just start fighting on the field or whatever, just going to your, no, you got, you know what I'm saying? You got to go through, they go, you got to go through basic training. They want to see what you made of. They want to make sure that you, you know, that you're conditioned enough and tough enough to be able to be in the military. They don't want to let you join, especially if you're in the Marines or something. You got to go through a process. If you want to be a lawyer, you got to go through a process. You got to go through years of studying and going over the books and, and going through all types of different things. You know, you got you to pass the bar. It's a process. You know what I'm saying? It's like I can't show up in court. For somebody to be like, yeah, I'm here to represent the client. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? They're going to be like, what, man, what you doing? <laughs> Get this dude out of here. I got to go through a process to be qualified to, to stand in a place with somebody else. If you want to be a doctor, you want me cutting on you? You know what I'm saying? I, ain't been through, I haven't been through any process, and then I, you in there, you getting ready to get an operation, and here I come with my scalpel. I can put the coat on. I can look like I'm the one to do it. But I need to go through a process. I have to go through school. I got to learn about the body. I got to learn about the different parts of the body. In order to be a doctor, you have to go through a process. If you want to be an athlete, you know what I'm saying? You have to go through a process. You got to train. You know what I'm saying? You got to lift weights. You got to do things. You got to practice. You, gotta, you have to be out there doing things. You know what I'm saying? Everybody might look like they can play you know, on the field. You know, but when you get out there and somebody hits you, it's a whole different thing. Or you got to tackle somebody in midfield or whatever the case may be. It's not the same when you got to run up and down the court back and forth. You know, everybody be complaining about the NBA players. They got to run up and down the court for 48 minutes. You have to be in shape to do that kind of stuff. You got to go through a process. If you want to be a police officer like my brother Ken. You know what I'm saying? You can give me a gun, but I'd, be, I'd probably be done shot somebody because I don't know the process. I'm just out there, yeah, I'm, I'm an officer of the law. You know what I'm saying? And I'm out here trying to, and Ken's like, man, what you doing? I, he went through training. He went through some different training and different things to be able to prepare how to hold a gun. You know, some people don't even know how to hold a gun. <laughs> they just hold it like this or something. You got to, it's a certain way you hold. Yeah, you know, they hold it to the... Break yourself, all that. You got to, you got, you know what I'm saying? No, you got to go through some training to be an officer. Because you could, you, you, because, you know, if you don't go through that training, you're going to, some, something bad is going to happen. I can show up on the scene like, yeah, I'm here. What's going on? Looking like I'm an investigator. And they're like, man, do you, if I'm not, if I haven't gone through the process, I'm just there. It's not going to mean anything. And to follow Jesus, I'm telling you, you have to go through a process. And that's what we're talking. And Christ was letting the disciples know. That's what he was telling them. He was letting them know in, the, in, in this scripture that, listen, he said, he, he was letting them know that he had to go through a process. He said, and then, but he was letting them know, if you want to follow me, if you want to be my follower, he said, he said certain things. He said, you must give up your own way. You must take up your cross. And he said, and follow me. But what is the context of Jesus' statement? Well, before that, he was telling his disciples that he was going to suffer in Jerusalem at the hands of religious leaders. This is what Jesus said to them. He said, I'm going to have to go through a process. I'm going to have to suffer at the hands of religious leaders. And, 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 and so the thing about that is, is that isn't it funny how some of your most hurtful things many times can be at the hands of religious people? 
you in the house of the Lord with people and you go through stuff. God, have you gone through stuff with people in the house of God? David even said in Psalms 52 and verse 12, he said, it wasn't the people that were on the outside that hurt me. He said, it was my close companions that walked with me in the house of God that hurt me. Sometimes people that you're right there with, close companions, he said, because those people don't even bother me. He said, I would have been able to get over it. But it was the people that I walked with, the close companions in the house of the Lord. So even Jesus himself, some of us have experienced church hurt before. Well, guess what? Jesus experienced church hurt too. Because he had religious people around him that rejected him. He came to share the gospel with them, to let them know that there's a, there's a new covenant, there's a new thing coming. I'm the son of God. And they re, the Bible says they rejected him. He was rejected by his own. That's what the Bible says. So he knows what it's like to feel church hurt. He knows what it's like to be betrayed by those that's close to you. But it's all a part of the process. He experienced this. But you know what I like about it is, even though Jesus was rejected by those that were close to him, guess what? He didn't let that stop him from doing what God had called him to do. See, sometimes when we go through pain and we go through hurt and somebody hurts us that's close to us, we, we let that stop us in our tracks and we don't even get back on track anymore. But Jesus said, no, 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 no. He said, that's, that's okay. This is all just a part of the process. Christ knew that he had to go through the process and God is taking us through a process. Listen to what he says to his disciples in uh, chapter 21 and verse 21. He says, from, from then on, Jesus began to tell his disciples plainly that it was necessary for him to go to Jerusalem and that he would suffer many terrible things at the hands of elders, leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He would be killed, but on the third day, he would be raised from the dead. Jesus was sharing his process with his disciples. And it is important to be able to share your process with somebody. When you're going through the process, you don't really need to go through. Sometimes you have to be alone, but you don't need to go through this process by yourself. You need somebody that's walking along with you. You need somebody there to be able to encourage you. That's why when Jesus sent the disciples out, he didn't send them out one by one. He sent them out two by two because he knew that sometimes one of them might get discouraged and the other one may be able to say, hey, come on, let's, we got to keep going. We're on a mission or whatever. And the other one is vice versa. That's why the Bible says iron sharpens iron. So, you know, you have to have Jesus. Even Jesus knew that he had to, he needed somebody with him. That's why he called his disciples to walk with him. You know, so when people haven't gone through the process, you know, when people haven't gone through the process, you can really tell. You know, you can tell the immaturity when somebody hasn't gone through the process. They'll treat you funny. You in church and all kinds of things happen. You know, you, you experiencing people looking at you like, what you doing this for? Why you doing that? Why, why he choose you to do this? Why he choose you to do that? And you, you just trying to really serve the Lord. But people around you, when they haven't gone through the process, you can tell when somebody haven't been processed. But we don't reject them or we don't treat them bad because of that. We just know that God has to do some maturing there. Because, listen, even myself, I had to go, I'm going through the process, and I had to go through the process because I was, I was, you know, I was arrogant when I first came to the church. I'm just being honest. You know, I had gifts and stuff like that. So, you know, I was like, yeah, this is all, yeah, look at me, you know what I'm saying, type stuff. I was singing all the time, being asked to lead songs and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to lie. I was, and I remember one time, you know, a man of God had invited me out to breakfast, a powerful man of God had invited me out to breakfast. And, and with another man, a guy from Australia. And so 
he, we went out and everything. And so the man, uh, we got in the car and I'm sitting in the back seat and the man said, the man, the man of God turned around to me and he was introducing me to the man from Australia. He said, this is, uh, you know, Minister James Richardson or whatever. And I was like, I was like, yes, that's right. Richard Richardson, rich are sons. I was, I'm telling you, and the man looked at me like, you doggone whatever, because he had just been so kind to invite me to breakfast, but I was just so caught up in me, you know what I'm saying? And I never forgot that. From years later, I, I went to him and I told him, I said, man, I'm so sorry. But I, you know, when you're in that, when you're in the process, you don't even know you're like that. You think you're fine. You're like, I'm good. But it's like, but as God, as you go through some trials and tribulations, and as you go through some ups and downs and some different things, and God began to process you, you'd be like, okay, he knows how to bring humility in your life. You understand what I'm saying? And so that's what he had done uh, in my life. You know, so I'm just grateful to God that he's is still taking me to the, through the process. You know, but even when Jesus was getting ready, was sharing with the disciples, he was letting them know he had to go through these things. The disciples really didn't understand what Jesus was saying to them. Peter and, his, Peter and the disciples were just excited. Just think about this. Peter and the disciples were just excited because they had been called to follow Christ. He come to he, just imagine Christ, Jesus come to you and says, hey, you know, come follow me. And now you, you're following the son of God. You're having, you're eating with him. You're sitting down with him every day. You're going with him wherever he goes. He's talking to you. He's ministering to you. And he's training you and getting you ready. They were just excited. So when he began to share with them, look, I'm going to have to go through some things. I'm going to have to be challenged. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to they're going to they're going to I'm going to suffer some terrible things. They really didn't get it when he told them that. So what, what began to happen is, as he told them that, he said, listen, he said uh, he let them know in the, in the scripture. He said, but he, he told Peter this. Peter said this to him. Peter said Peter took him to the side and began to reprimand him for saying such things. Heaven forbid, Lord. He said, this will never happen to you. Then Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. He was not talking to Peter. He said, you are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view and not from God's. Peter knew that he had to go through the process. I mean, Jesus knew that he had to go through the process. So when he reprimanded Peter, he was letting him know, listen, he said, you're not seeing things from God's perspective. You're seeing things from a human perspective. And so he let him know, but he wasn't taught. He wasn't. People say he called uh, Peter Satan. No, he was speaking to the spirit behind what what Peter was saying. He said, no, Satan. He said, you're not going to stop. He said he knew he had to go through the process. So he was not going to allow, you know, Satan to come through Peter and say something to him to get him off his path, off of what God had called him to do. So he let Peter know that. Because and so the, uh, many times when we're going through the process, you know, people don't understand when we have when we have to go through the process. They'll look at us and say, hey, what what's going on with you? And sometimes people look at you when you're going through the process and say they must be in sin because bad, bad things are happening to them. Even ourselves, when we're going through the process, we begin to question God. We begin to say, man, what am I doing wrong? Why am I going through this? Why are these things happening to me? But God is really just taking you through the process. And that's what you have to realize is that I know I'm, I, I'm going through these things, but I, and I don't understand everything, you know, and I may be looking at things from the wrong perspective. But at the end of the day, let me get begin to understand that I'm going through the process. I'm going through the process. And he was convinced of this. See, Jesus knew what he came to do. He knew that he had to go 
through that process. He was convinced of it. That's why he could easily say to Peter, listen, he was talking to Satan and saying, get thee behind me. I know I got to go through this process. I know what I came to do. And so when we, when you know what, when you are convinced and you know what God has called you to do, nobody should be able to come to you and tell you and get you off the path that God has called you to be on. You got to be convinced. You got to be, you got to have a made up mind. If you're going to walk with the Lord and if you're going to follow the Lord, you have to have a made up mind that I'm going to follow him come hell or high water. No matter what happens, I'm following the Lord. I'm following him. I'm following him. So we have to be able to make it through that process. But it is necessary. The process is necessary. God is trying to get us to the glory in your story. Everybody has some glory in your story. There's some glory in everybody. Everybody in has a story. And God wants to get the glory out of your story. Even when, when Lazarus had passed, when passed and Jesus didn't come right, right away, when, when, he came, when he finally came, Martha, Martha came out and Mary came out and said, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But Jesus stayed behind three days on purpose because he said, there's glory in this story. So when he came and they came out, he said, listen, he said, it might have been three days. It might have been four days. His body might be stinking. But guess what? He said, I am the resurrection and the life. If any man believe in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And so sometimes God allows us to go through the process so he can get the glory in your life. Everything that you've gone through up to this point in your life can be a part of the process of what God is trying to do in your life. And you're looking at it in a way like, oh, my God, what is going on? But God is saying, I'm trying to get you through the process. I'm trying to do something in your life. So now after Jesus straightens Peter out, he gets to the meat of the situation. He says, if anyone wants to be my follower, he must go through the process. So what is the process? Everyone wants to follow Jesus, but do you want to be processed? The gospel has been made to look like a bed of roses, like everyone talks about blessings, but no one is telling you that you're about to go through persecution and suffering sometimes. Nobody wants to hear that. Everybody's like, you know, everybody likes to, every, you know, when you hear that gospel, God's going to bless you. God's going to do this. But blessings, the Bible says blessings come with persecution. They come, it's like a package that comes together. But we never talk about that. Listen to this in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 10 through 12. It says, blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you. Blessed are you when people insult you? What? Persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. He said you're blessed. When people persecute you, talk about you, say all kinds of evil against you. He said, that's when you're blessed. Then in first Peter for, uh, chapter four, verse 12 and 13, it says, dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials that you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad. Instead, be very glad. Why am I going to be glad at fiery trials? I'm going to show you why. He says, for these trials make you partners with Christ. So you want to be a partner with Christ? When you go through the fiery trials, you're becoming a partner with Christ. Who else do I want to be in partnership with other than Christ? Yes, I have to go through some fiery trials, but guess what? I'm a partner with Christ in his sufferings so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. 
we are going to have the wonderful glory of seeing, of a wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it's revealed to all of the world. You know, my wife was saying, she was asking me one day, why would Paul say he glory in tribulation? Why? He said, I don't glory in no tribulation. She said, why would he say that? She was asking me that one day. And look at, let's look at Romans chapter 5, verse 2 through 5. It says this, and we boast in the hope of glory. Not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that the suffering produces. Listen to this. Suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. And the hope that does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who he has given to us. This is why you have to go through the process. Because when you go through the process, it, it produces something in you. God is trying to produce something in you. God is trying to produce something in me. He wants to, he's, he's producing perseverance. He's producing character. See, we need character if we're going to walk with the Lord. We cannot walk with the Lord without character. So God is trying to develop your character, and the way he develops your character is taking you through the process. It's like when you, when you sit down to lift weights on a, and you have, and you. T take those weights down. When you put them on your chest, they're heavy. But when you begin to push them, it strengthens you. Every, and it's hard to push them up. But as you continue to push them, or if you, if, you, if, you know, if you're walking or you're doing some type of exercise, it may hurt your body sometimes, especially if you haven't been to the gym in a long time. And then you get to the gym, you go to the gym. The first day you come back, your body is sore because, you know, it's producing, it's producing strength in you. And that's what God is trying to do is produce strength in us. So when Paul, so Paul understood something. He understood that he had to go through the process for his character to be, to be developed. So let's talk about this process. Jesus said, if anyone wants to be my follower, the Greek word for follow is pursue. He says, if you want to, he said, I want you to pursue me. I want you to run after me. I want you to be hungry for me. I want you to be thirsty for me. Just like the deer pants for the water, so my soul, David said, my soul longs for you. So when you, when you, when you, if you want to follow Christ, that word follower means pursue. It's not just a simple word. I'm, I got to pursue the Lord. It's just like when the, when the, when the police are pursuing somebody, they, they're driving, that person might be going fast. They are following them street by street on the highway, wherever they go, they pursue them until they capture them. And so when you want to follow Christ, you got to pursue him until you capture him, until you find, until you get into his presence, until you get into everything that he has for you. I'm not going to stop following you until I catch you, Lord. I need to catch you. I want to be all engulfed in you. I want your word to be a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path, Lord God. I want to walk with you every day. I want to be pleasing to you. Lord God, I want to do everything in my heart to do all that you've called me to do. I want to, when I leave this earth, I want to be empty. I want to have anything in me. But everything that you put in me, every goal, every dream, everything that you placed in me, I want to do it. I want to make it happen. So this is not just following after Christ, but it's a lifestyle. See, some people think that Christianity is just like a, just a little here I come on church on Sunday and then go on home. No, this is a lifestyle. When you leave this building, when you on the, when you at your job, when you at home with your wife or, or, or significant other, your children or whatever, this thing is a lifestyle that we live. This is a culture that we live. This is the culture that God has called us to be a part of. So it's not just something that we do on Sundays. We praise the Lord and then we, go, we leave out of here and then we just go out and just live any kind of way. No, this is, this is a lifestyle for us, for us. 
all of us. And so the first thing that Jesus says is that he must give up his own way and deny himself. That's the first thing you have to do if you're going to follow Christ. If Jesus, and, and think about this, it was not Jesus' natural will to, to, in the flesh to just want to be crucified. Everybody talking about Christ being on the cross and being crucified. He was ready to cru be crucified. He was ready to run up there and just get them nails in his hand. No, he wasn't. He was a man in flesh and blood. He felt pain. You know, it, the Bible calls it, it said the passion. Passion is another word for pain. Jesus had to go through pain. How do we know that he, he wasn't just ready to go and run to the cross? Because in Luke chapter 22 and verse 41, look what he said when he was in the garden of Gethsemane. He walked away about a stone's throw and knelt down and prayed, Father, if you're willing, please take this cup of suffering away from me. Yet, I want your will to be done, not mine. So even though he, he, he knew that he had to go through some suffering, he wasn't just running and saying, I'm ready to suffer. No, he had to pray. And the Bible says after that prayer, that the, 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 the Lord sent angels to strengthen him in his process. So Jesus knew what he he knew what he was going to have to go through. He knew what he was going to have to face, but he wasn't just it wasn't something that he was going to be able to face easily. And I remember, you know, when I first, uh, you know, when I first got out of high school and stuff like that, I had been singing for a long time. And I want to talk about denying yourself. I really was just like into music, like really heavy. I was like, I'm I was like, I'm. When I get out of, out of high school and stuff like that, we had a little group and stuff. The group was called XL, Extra Large. And I'm like, we, gonna, we, we, we felt like we was the next Belle B. of DeVoe, Ralph Tresvant, all that. Some of y'all know who that is. Or for y'all that's really, really might be a little older, if you want to just compare it to Otis Redden or somebody. I was like, I'm, gonna be ready. I'm getting ready to be the next Otis Redden. I'm getting ready to be the next Ralph Tresvant. I am, you know what I'm saying? So I was doing shows. I was performing everywhere. I was like, we, I, was, I was doing everything to try to become, you know, a, a celebrity. You know, I wanted to be a, a singer or whatever. That was my will. I was pursuing it too, you know? And, and, and it's like, but then at some point when the, when, the, when, the, when the goal finally was right in front of me, when it was right in front of me and I was able to ready to sign the contract, the Lord said, no. He said, do not sign that contract. Because it, it was right there at, at my fingertips. He said, don't sign it. And that's the first time I really heard the Lord speak to me. And I was like, what? I was like, this is what I've been pursuing all, all this time. I, I want to be a, a, a superstar. You know what I'm saying? I want to be the next Ralph Tresman or whatever. You know, you know, you know, back there, this poison. I was ready. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to tell you. You need a man with sensitivity. I was ready. I'm telling you. Y'all know them songs. All y'all ain't been saved all the whole time. Please, come on. Acting like y'all just, what is he talking about? I've never heard of such a, you know you done heard them songs. Some of y'all still be listening to that music. And some of it ain't bad either. Come on, now let's be real. He's singing some worldly songs. Please. Don't be trying to act like it now. But that's what I wanted to do. But the Lord said no. He said no. And so I, I just, I told the big producer, whoever he was, I said, I'm not signing it. And he was like, what you mean you're not signing? I said, I'm not signing the contract. And I was the lead singer in the group. And so he was like, well, what do you mean? I love the Lord too. I said, I don't know what you love. <laughs> I'm not signing that contract. And I walked away from it. And then, you know, I started going to church and I got, and I started following the Lord. And God says, I had to deny myself. 
That's what I wanted to do. That was my dream, but it wasn't the Lord's dream for me. He had something completely different. He had completely different plans for me. And, and even in your own life, you have to ask yourself, is this, is this my dream or is this God's plan for me? So that's what it means to deny yourself. You might want to do something. You might have all these plans. The Bible says, the, the Bible says in Proverbs that a man plans his way, but God directs his steps. So he will order your steps for you if you begin to just really ask God, Lord, what it is that you want for me to do? So once I, I gave that thing up and I began to follow the Lord, then the Lord began to take me through the process. And I knew that I had to deny myself. And we have to continue to do that. There may be things that you want to do. Your flesh may be telling you, go do this or go do that or you should go do this. And you, you got to be like saying, no, I'm not following after that. Not my will, but thy will. You got to be like Jesus and say, not my will, but thy will be done. Lord, I want to do your will. So God changed my, my course. I even, even, before, even after that, I went to school for, you know, electronics, technology. I was like, you know, my mom was like, you need to go to school. So I went to school and I took electronics technology. And then when I finished, I was like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Just, I was like, you know, they was like, you got to work in the office. I don't like working in the office. Some of y'all can work in the office. All Y'all love the office, sit behind the thing all day. I go crazy. <laughs> I need to be out moving around. And so after I finished, I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this. And, and so I was like, well, what, what do I need to do? And then that's when I changed course and I realized at that time God showed me that you're a carpenter. I didn't know it, though. But I always knew I was good with my hands. And so I could just learn. I could learn carpentry like easily. And so that was my will. But God says, no, this is my will for you. But one good thing that came out of it, and I know you watching, is I met my wife in school. She was doing hair and I was doing electronics. So that's the, the blessing that came out of it. I believe that's why I went there. I met my wife in school. So it's not about you have to be able to deny. That's what I thought I wanted to do. But God gave me a different path. You know, and so the next part of the process, Jesus says he must take up his cross. Oh, my God, we have to take up our cross. And who wants to volunteer to do that? Take up your cross. What does it mean to take up your cross? In this life, we will grow through some things. Sometimes we're persecuted. Sometimes we have temptation. Sometimes it's pain. Sometimes it's betrayal. Sometimes, you know, uh, lo loved ones die. Sometimes we don't know which way to go. We don't know what to do. Sometimes the culture is trying to get us to deny God, especially the young people. The culture is trying to tell you everything else but to follow God. But you have to be able to say, no, Lord, I'm taking up my cross and I'm following after you. I'm even no matter what I go through, I'm taking up my cross. See, Jesus already took up his cross. Now, your cross is nothing like his cross at all, but he just wants you to know. See, that cross is a, is a symbol of death. That's what happened on the cross. He died on that cross. So basically, all it's saying is you got to die to your will. You got to give up your will to follow Christ. If you want to follow Christ, it's, you got to deny yourself. You got to take up your cross. Lord, I'm going to completely give up my will. I'm dying to what I thought I was supposed to be doing, and I'm living to what you called me to do. And so that's what it means. Even though you go through some things, even though you go through some tests and some trials, I'm taking up this cross and I'm not stopping until I reach the goal, until I reach the end. But we must trust in the Lord no matter what happens. We carry our cross because we have made our choice. Listen to this in 2 Corinthians, what it says in 2 Corinthians 4, verse 8 through 10. It says, we are pressed on every side by troubles. But we are not crushed. 
I might be pressed on every side, but I'm not crushed. We are perplexed, but I'm not driven to despair. We are hunted down, but never abandoned by God. We get knocked down, but we are not destroyed. You might feel like you got knocked down in your life, but guess what? You are not destroyed. You are not destroyed. He said, through sufferings, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus so that the life of Jesus may also be seen through our bodies. What does that mean? It means that when I go through the things that I'm going through, I'm going through it so that people can see Jesus in me. That's why you have to die, because when people, whenever, whatever you're called to do, they don't need to see you. They need to see Jesus, because Jesus is what makes all the difference. So when you're perplexed, when you're destroyed, when you feel like you're being crushed, know that the reason why God is crushing you is because he wants Jesus to be seen through you. So when you die, then Christ can live in you. That's when he starts living. And as long as you keep trying to just you keep trying to show yourself, they can't see Christ. But once you decide that, Lord, I'm dying, I'm denying myself, I'm taking up my cross. I'm going to die just like you died. I'm going to go through this thing. I'm giving up my will. Now, when they look at you, this is what he said. He says, he says, through sufferings, our bodies continue to share in the death of Jesus. So that the life of Jesus may also be seen in our bodies. They need to see Jesus. This world, Jesus, until he comes back, all this world, the Jesus that this world is going to see is you and me. And so when they're looking at you and me, what do they really see? When people look at you, what do they see? What do they see when they look at you? Do they see you or do they see Jesus? That's why we don't just react any kind of way, as Todd said earlier. That's why we respond in a different way, as Pastor Shri said. We don't slam the eggs down because they need to see Jesus. And if you, if you slam the eggs down, they see you. They don't see Jesus. If you slam the breakfast, here's your breakfast. If they slam it down, they just saw you. But when you bring it in, even though they've mistreated you, even though they've said some things to you, even though they made you mad and you come in and they, you bring those things in, you say, here you go. I'm giving this to you. I'm serving you. When they see that, they see Jesus. When somebody curse you out somewhere, you just want to, you know, you riding down the road and they tell you that you're number one. <laughs> you're number one. No, you, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? When they tell you that you're number one, yeah, you can respond. I can't believe they did that to me. And then now you ready. Well, you're number one. You know? No, no. We respond different. We just drive on. God bless you. I don't even let people bother me when I'm on the road. I promise you I don't. I just keep on going. They be doing stuff, blowing the horn. I'll be like, mm-hmm. I just keep on going. I'm like, I'm not getting ready to go down there. What you doing? Just blowing the horn. People be rushing, cutting you off. doing. You know how it is. Some of y'all don't live in the city. In the city, it's crazy. These people be, these, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. The young people be driving crazy now. The young people, I'm sorry. I'm like, what y'all doing? My daughter took us to the airport one time. And we was in the car like, baby, please. My wife is in that back seat holding on to that thing. I promise you, she was in like, please, slow down, please. She was going around the curves fast. She was going fast. We're like, hey, we got plenty of time to get there. What you doing? That's how she drive. You know what I'm saying? 
You know, even this morning, you know, my, my, my little son was driving me. To, I said, I'm going to let you drive so I can look at him. He was going fast. Like, All right, man, slow down, man. <laughs> slow down. <laughs> you know, where are y'all going? It's like they rush from light to light. You know, so you ever seen somebody do that? And then get to the light and the light's red. <laughs> and then you pull up beside them. <laughs> what you doing? You ain't going nowhere. <laughs> you, you went around me to rush to the next the right, red light. You know what I'm saying? Rushing, just going, flying, going, you know what I'm saying? So we have to make, you know, no, we ain't doing it like that. We have to be different. We have to show them something different. Whether it's your spouse or whether it's your friend, whoever it is, whether it's a stranger on the job, you know how people be acting at the job. You know, people crazy at the job. And you got to show them Christ. <laughs> you got, okay, I'm denying my, the, the, the me want to curse them out. Me want the old me, girl, if I was, you know. I would just, girl, I would, I would tell. And some of y'all be doing it too. <laughs> y'all get all that Jesus stuff. I ain't all the way safe. Let me tell you something. <laughs> y'all know. But now nah, you, you got to deny yourself. You got you to take up your cross. You got to say, Lord, I know I want to do this. I know I want to say that, but I'm just going to serve. I'm going to show them Jesus. They need to see Jesus. That's what needs to happen. So there's a blessing in carrying the cross. It is so that others may see Jesus in you. You know, and the last thing that he says, says to them, he says, follow me. So the question today is that Jesus is asking, who will follow me? Who will follow me? Who wants to go through the process? Who's willing to take up their cross? When you don't understand, will you follow him? When you lose your job, will you follow him? When friends walk away. Will you follow him? When you've gone through a divorce, you've gone through a divorce, you're hurting. It's the end of something. Will you follow him? Will you follow him when that happens? When your family turns their back on you and treating you funny, will you follow Jesus? When the marriage is breaking up your very soul, you know, sometimes when you're in a marriage, it can break your very soul. It can, your mind. Will you follow Jesus? When you've been hurt by church folk. Some of y'all been hurt by church folk. Online, y'all have been hurt by people in the church. But will you follow Jesus? When you feel like a failure, will you follow Jesus? When you want to quit and give up, will you follow? When the doctor said there's nothing more he can do, will you follow Jesus? Because just like you and I want to be a part of the process. I'm going through the process. I'm going to follow him. You know, it's that old song. What does it say? It's, I have decided. I decided, I decided, I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. There's no turning back. I'm, 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 I'm solid in this thing. Nobody can, like, discourage me from this thing. Nobody can tell me or convince me to do anything else. I'm following Jesus. Come no matter what happens. I've decided to follow 
Jesus. The cross before me, the world behind me. See, you got to take up your cross. The cross is before you. The past is behind you. All that stuff. Jesus don't care about all that stuff you did. He said, come on to me, all you that labor and that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me. Put the past behind you. Who cares what you did in the past? The blood is covering you now. So you got you to gotta keep the cross before you. You got to keep it before you. Every day, the cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. I'm not turning back. This is what God wants to encourage you today is to take up your cross and follow me and don't look back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. Say it one more time with me. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. <laughs> And the Bible simply says this to my online community, that if you have heard a word today that has pierced your heart, the Bible says repent. Repent and be baptized. That means you got to get connected to a local church. And that's what we encourage you to do today. If you're in this in the Bremen area and you want to come and visit with us, then do so. And if you're somewhere else, then you need to get in a Bible believing, Bible teaching church. Repent. This is your choice. Repent and be baptized. That's what Peter said when he spoke to that 3,000, those 3,000 souls. He said, repent and be baptized. So you find a place where you can, you, can, you can repent right where you are at your home. You can just say, Lord, I repent today, Lord. I repent, Lord. I repent of every, all of my sin. And Jesus will come in and he'll cleanse you. So I want to just encourage you today to go through the process. Don't stop until you reach your destination. Amen. Amen. That's all I have. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.